So we're going we're gonna to look at just a couple of topics, and this is not necessarily in my wheelhouse as a preacher, so I just warn you. <laughs> not normally how I operate. Um, but as we had gone through the Proverbs and we see that there's repetition, each proverb seems to kind of tell the son almost the same thing every time, right? Be careful uh, what you love. Be careful who you hang out with. Watch yourself, son, in areas of uh, dealing with members of the opposite sex uh, and, and cling to wisdom. I mean, that's pretty much every proverb. Cling to wisdom. Seek it out. Search for it. Hold it. Value it. Treasure it. Prize it. Uh, for these next four weeks, we're going to just take uh, specific areas where the writer here is encouraging the son. And so uh, this morning we are looking at uh, gratitude, um, generosity, giving. Um, and so the reason I put the, the John 13 passage in, in our meditation for starting this morning is just for that phrase in verse 34, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So we think about that as Christians, that God himself defines what love means. God himself defines a level of generosity and giving that that is unknown to the world, that shocks the world. It's interesting, that passage from Leviticus that we use for confession. Did you pick up on the fact that that, um, Moses is writing to the Israelites who've traveled, have been rescued, and he says, when your brother becomes poor... Treat him like a stranger. Now, isn't that interesting? Doesn't it seem like the opposite? When your brother becomes poor, treat him like a stranger. You know what he's saying? We're more apt to give grace to strangers than we are to our brother because we know our brother. It's his own dang fault that he is where he is. I've told him a hundred times. Dad told him. We've watched him. We've begged with him. We've pled with him to not do this dumb thing. And he's done it. You're on your own. And so... Moses writes to the people, treat him like you would somebody you don't know that walks in in great need. And same thing in John. How has God loved you? How has he treated you? That has to be the basis of our relationship with other people. And it's otherworldly. It it really, really is. Our default mode is to treat people as we think they deserve or to treat people accordingly to what they can do for us. We don't like to admit that, but sometimes that's how it is. What will they do for me? Will my life be better with a good relationship with this person? And so as we come to these Proverbs, the the very next one was Proverbs 11. So that's going to be kind of our main verse this morning, Proverbs 11. But we're going to look at 14, 21, 19, 17, and also Proverbs 21 and 22. Fatherly advice... As a father understands his own frailties, as a father is going to hand over to his son uh, wealth that is more abundant than anybody else has ever had, uh, here is his advice. Uh, Proverbs 11. We'll read these verses. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Proverbs fourteen twenty one. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed 
is he who is generous to the poor. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Proverbs 22. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God will stand forever. You may be seated. Generosity. So I say that uh, my life as a pastor, I have special privileges. Lots of great privileges of being a pastor. And one of the greatest is I have seen abundant generosity all the time. Um, and it's some of the sweetest things that I get to do is to give money from our church to someone else and, and to tell them, hey, it's not, this check doesn't have my name on it. You know, it, it, it's from your church family. It, it's from the people of God. Often when I give money to people, they respond in a couple of ways. One is, I'll pay it back. <laughs> I'll pay it back. I'm like, no, you won't. You can pay it forward if you want, but you are not paying it back. It's not a loan. It is a gift. Thank God. Don't thank me. Uh, the other uh, is, is uh, a whole line of excuses and apologies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I need this. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's people that need it more. And um, I'm like... You've given your church an opportunity to bless you. And we understand that feeling. If you've ever been in a point of need, um, we understand that. It is, it is humbling. And I say, especially in our culture, it seems, to run out of money and to need money from other people is maybe one of the greatest fears <laughs> that a lot of people have. To not have enough, uh, to not be able to pay your bills, um, and, and then to be embarrassed when you see those people later on. And so I want to tell you that it's one of my greatest joys as a pastor when I get to give a check from our church to somebody. We get to pay for something for somebody um, because it reflects our God and His grace to us. Uh, it becomes for us, um, and, and the reason the Father is telling the Son is uh, money represents for them as it did as it does for us it represents security um it represents significance uh, i think i've told you the story about my daughter when she was working this really really expensive boarding school and they went to um uniforms and one of the kids was like hey how's everybody going to know how rich i am if i have to wear the same clothes as everybody else i mean blatantly just said that how will they know that i'm better than them if i have to wear these same clothes. And, and what kids say often is what we think, right? I'm a different person when I drive my truck or I drove that, remember that old Honda that Tammy had? You know, that horrible, horrible thing. I hated anybody seeing me in that car. You know, I felt so little. I felt like Mr. Incredible as he came home from work. You know, I was just, I just hated it. But you know what I hated more? I hated that I hated it. Like, what is the matter with me? What, why am I, why do I have to, hey guys, I own a truck, just so you know. That's what money represents. It's 
what material things represent. And the father is writing to his son, and he is saying, son, in, in, your, um, in, in your environment, don't forget God. Maybe that's the overarching theme of all of Proverbs. Son, as you live your life, God Almighty is observing it all. Right? Like when, when you're a parent and you go away to go to a movie and you get a babysitter and you're like, what are my boys going to do? Tammy says, you've got to talk about your daughter. What's my daughter going to do? Well, she's going to do the dishes and everything she's supposed to. I guess that's how daughters are. What's my boy going to do? He's going to start a fire. He's going to try to chop down a tree. You know, he's going he's gonna to do something. What's he going to do? Because mom and dad aren't there to watch him. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. And so the father is telling the son, son, in all your interactions with everybody, remember God Almighty is watching. Remember that your life is being lived out before him. Remember that he sees everything that, that you can hide from just about everyone else. He sees it. He knows it. And these Proverbs, it's exactly what they're saying. Son, when you do this, do you remember that there is a creator in heaven who created that poor person? There is a creator God in heaven who has sovereignly given you everything that you have? Do you understand that? And he's encouraging us to not hold tightly. To be generous. To be known as people who are generous, because our God is generous. The, the sermon in the sentence is, as your heavenly Father is generous, generous, so must we be. Our stuff is not, first of all, our stuff. It's His. The title, like Father, like Son, that's really what He's saying. Son, as you understand what God Almighty has done and who He is, be like Him. Consider him. Live your life in full view of Him. And so this morning, just three things I want us to consider. The first is the generosity of our Father. The generosity of our Father. What does our Father do? And I've told you, my kids don't like it when Mark gets happy because I give stuff away. I give stuff away. And they're like, no, 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 Dad, don't give away. That's what we're inheriting. They've said that to me several times. All right, I know what you're thinking, Dad. Don't do it. Think of us. (laughs) The generosity of the Father. And um, so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, if you have your Bible, you could turn to that passage. Those first seven verses of 1 Corinthians, um, the apostle here is writing, uh, in view of the generosity of the Father, this is how I see myself. He says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required as stewards that we be found faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. So what an amazing statement he is saying there, by the way, in those first four verses. Uh, He's writing to a church that has issues that have followed other leaders that are dividing and some of those other leaders have questioned whether Paul is an apostle. And he's like, I don't care what they think of me. There is a courtroom in heaven. And it is that God that acquits me. And it is that God that has entrusted to me the gospel, the messages, 
um, and, and I am acquitted by him. He says, uh, he says I don't even, I'm not even acquitted by my own conscience. He's like, I don't, I don't know of anything that I have against me. It's an amazing statement. But he goes, but I'm thereby not acquitted. Well, you know what he's saying? I feel righteous. I feel good. I feel okay. I'm not guilty. I, I, I'm not anxious when I go to bed. I'm not worried about things you'll find out. But that still doesn't equip me. God acquits me. So he says in verse 5, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Wow. So it goes from being acquitted to reminding us that God will bring to light all that is hidden and he will disclose the purposes of heart of our heart and each one he says will receive condemnation. I've applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit brothers that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written. None of you may be puffed up in favor. Verse 7, for who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? That's what he's saying. I see myself and everything that is good and worth anything has been given to me. Generosity of the Father. I want to say four things about that quickly. Everything we have has come from God the Father. Everything. Every cell in your body, every thought, everything, everything, existence is existence because of God the Father. So the, the Christian then looks at the world in just a completely different way. It is not some random thing that I'm trying to climb to the top. Uh, no, it, it, everything has purpose. It's all been put here. And everything that I have been given, everything that's been entrusted to me, has come from God. Secondly, everything we have, we have because God is gracious and generous. What we have, we have because God is gracious. And he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And he is generous. Not because we deserve it. I tell you what, you want to see the hackles come back on the back of my head where I have a few hairs left? Start talking about what you deserve. Oh my word, I hate that. Every stinking commercial is what you deserve. I want to be a pastor in one of those commercials. goes, no, no, actually what you deserve is the wrath and curse of God, so you better accept that phone plan. <laughs> what do we deserve? God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need. Everything we have is, not because, is, is because God is gracious, generous, not because we deserve it, because we need it. Thirdly, we are then God's servants. We are God's servants. That's how we look at ourselves. We are serving God in every area of life that he has put us in. Uh, Philippians 2, really famous, do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit. He says, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. This dawned on me this week. Not look at others equal to yourselves. Not treat everyone just like you want to be treated. He goes, no, actually, look at others higher than yourself. And he's saying that's what Christ did. Christ's heavenly glory, perfect relationship, became not just a human, 
but the servant. Not just, not just flesh and blood, but took upon his flesh and blood all of our sin and defilement. Uh, fourthly, the generosity of the Father. We're happiest when we are living as God has made us. And I will tell you without a doubt, the happiest people that I know are generous. It took me a long time to realize that. Um, and I have some generous friends. <laughs> Part of what keeps our church afloat. <laughs> generous friends. People that call me. And it's amazing. Hey, how's the church? Y'all need some money? The other day someone called me and said, no, we don't. And he sent 5000 bucks. Like, I, we didn't need money. Well, I just had this extra five sitting around and thought maybe it would help out. Unbelievable to me. Because you know what? I don't come by that naturally. Uh, you know, I can blame it on my upbringing. Poor little Dutch boy that had to wear his sister's jeans to school. That's me. So I hold on to things. It's funny, my kids know I always have cash in my wallet because I'm always afraid of just not having any money. Um, the generous people are the happiest. Uh, it, it is a gift to them to be able to give. And uh, as humbling as it is on us, then when we receive, um, we rob them of that joy in being able to give. And it is a reflection of our Heavenly Father. He is a giver, bestows good gifts to his children, and he delights when we take advantage of them and when we use them and we thank him for it. Do you know the Father? If you're struggling with generosity, that's the question. What do I think of my God? Do I think that the stuff I have has not come because he's gracious? The stuff that I have, whatever's been given to me, really was, as Jason said earlier, stuff that I worked for. This is stuff that I have earned. Why should I share this with another? When you, when you feel that, it's I, I, I must go back and study my Heavenly Father again and realize there's nothing different from me than from the person destitute in the street that is not what God has given, what he has entrusted. The generosity of the father. And then he goes on to tell his son, there are blessings of generosity. 11, Proverbs 11, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. This is called this paradoxical fulfillment. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? He's like, uh, you want to um, be rich? Give money away. <laughs> That's what he's saying. To the one who gives, look at it, he grows all the richer. And again, I'll tell you, I've seen that. I, I, I've honestly, I have seen it. I have seen uh, brothers, and, like when, when uh, remember when COVID first hit, I had generous people calling me from around the country, like people stopped giving because they're afraid. Uh, let me know if you run out of money. Here's some money. I, I know that you're in a small town. I know things get tight sometimes. Here's some money because uh, it's going to be hard. And some of these were business people whose businesses were suffering. At the moment that I would have expected them to say, hey, listen, I'm going to hold off until we're through this. They did the opposite. And, and one in particular, uh, in an industry that suffered, he has most profitable year. <laughs> it's like, I've given more away, and I'm so excited I get to give more away. I, that's what he's saying. 
There is a blessing in generosity. Giving to others, he says, makes you richer. Blessing others makes you blessed. Watering others makes you watered. What's he saying, son? You're not going to be impoverished by being generous. Now, again, we take all of this in light with the other scriptures, okay? He's not, he's not saying, uh, give your money, throw your money away foolishly. He's saying, be generous. Allow the God's Spirit to move your heart into areas of generosity. Now, I know a lot of people, when they are generous, they, they do it anonymously, and they do it anonymously for several reasons. Number one, uh, many of them want the Lord to get the glory. They don't want it to be weird. They don't want someone in the church to know that this was the person that paid for this. And so next time that person sees me eating out of chicken as they're wondering about that money they gave to help take care of this, and they're judging me, and we're feeling weird and awkward. So that's one reason, and it's a good reason. Um, uh, secondly, sometimes people don't want, want you to know because they may not want to get hit up all the time. You know, they may not want to get hit up all the time. They may not want to be just thought of as, hey, when things get tough, they, people come to me. Um, but we do find that those who are generous receive, it seems, receives more. Now, remember, Proverbs, they're wise sayings of a father that he's collected together. They're not promises. Okay? He's not, these, aren't, these aren't promises of God. If you give 50, you're going to get 500. Okay? That's, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, as I have observed the world, it seems to me, son, that this is what I have noticed, that those who water others find themselves watered, that those who give seem to grow even richer. Uh, the other blessings of generosity, 1421, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is the one who is generous. Well, we, we avoid being sinful. We are blessed. In Proverbs 19, he says, you're blessed in this way that is as if you are lending to the Lord. Isn't that an interesting way of putting it? When you give, it, it's as if the Lord is borrowing money from you and he will repay. Um, one another blessing is God takes it personally. He will repay you. When you're doing these things, he says to his disciples, when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. <clears throat> now we have examples in our culture of the opposite, don't we? especially around Christmas time, Scrooge and, uh, and Old Man Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. All right? They're characters. We, we hate those characters. And, and, and yet, um, those characters are based on a reality, aren't they? When a person holds on to material things and they think that their security, their significance comes from what they own, they tend to not love others. They tend not to be joyful. They tend to live fearfully that it might be taken away from them, that they might lose it. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about the warning of greed. So he, he, he's telling his son, um, you, you've got all this, and, and uh, beware of, of holding on to it. Beware of greed. Proverbs 11 says, Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. The father is into something there. He says, son, those who, those who are greedy are never, ever satisfied. There's always the next step, the next million, the next business. They're, they're, they're never, ever satisfied. They're never able to sit back and, 
enjoy it. He's saying contentment eludes them. And that's what will happen to you, son, if your value, uh, your worth, your security is by the accumulation of material goods. The more you have, the more you will want, and contentment will elude you. Son, don't miss out on the tremendous blessings. And son, remember, God will judge you. Proverbs 21, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. In conclusion, I put on our notes on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, that is what God is enabling us to do. To try our best to live on earth the way it is in heaven. To live on earth, to share with one another all that God has entrusted to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you uh, that you, Lord, are generous. That you have given abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. We get used to it, Father. It just seems to be in our nature that, that we just kind of get used to counting on your mercy, your grace, your love, your care. We get used to our surroundings at times and we forget to be grateful. Occasionally, Lord, we may go a place and, and, and visit and see another culture and uh, behold a, a lifestyle that is so horrible and hard. We might watch it on the news at times and it might call us back for a moment into moments of gratitude. But will you make us, Father, a people that are so, so thankful? That look at all you have given and see ourselves as servants and as stewards. We would not give out of guilt, but give out of joy. Father, we pray that you would help us see that in you and that we would become like you. And now, Father, as we come to the sacrament, there's not a greater sign of your generosity and your grace than you giving your only Son, not to those who deserved it, but to your enemies. Not to those who loved you, Father, but to those who cried out, crucify him. Such mercy, such grace, such generosity. Oh, Father, will you change us because of it? You remind us on a day-to-day basis that the parables that you have given of, the, of the, the servant that was forgiven so much, and yet it failed to make a difference in who he was, and he was terrible to those around him. Help us, Father. Help us to look like you, to act like you. Not because we're hoping for a bigger payback, but because you are generous, you are gracious to us. We ask this in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen.